la 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 shut up welcome everyone to the second episode of the half alive podcast yay yay we are the la and la brothers my name is la and my name is la and we're coming to you from the mean streets of schenectady new york the place where we grew up thought we'd escape from and wound up returning to when our career ambitions didn't quite come true so La and I are 60-year-old twins with more than a few career, financial, and size challenges. And our podcast is for people like us who spent their youth chasing big dreams, but were unable to catch them. But the two of us share a relentless hope that we can salvage at least a fraction of our life's goals. That's right. We want to help others who are transitioning into old age like us with careers not exactly fulfilled. And quick checklist for those tuning in for the first time. We call each other Lon La because it's a derivative of the malicious nickname our father invented when we messed up at a school chorus performance. And he used to call us the La La Brothers, so we reclaimed it as our own. (laughs) We live in an old three-story house in Schenectady that's so dilapidated the city has actually forgotten it exists. Exactly, which has its benefits tax-wise. Yes, but let's not implicate ourselves any further. I was, I am an actor. I am. I spent many years in Los Angeles getting small parts in TV and theater. And I am a writer who (laughs) once had agents and publishers and actually earned royalties. Mm -hmm. And now we're back in Schenectady working terrible survival jobs. But although we did some bitter whining maybe last week about those jobs, we discussed an article from topresume.com and agreed to apply some of it to our, some of its tips to our own current and wretched employment situations. (laughs) Yeah. Three things. They were be ready to learn, mm-hmm. <laughs> communicate well, right. set goals to achieve. So did we apply any law? Oh my goodness, yes. My life has totally changed. Mine too. It's I'm a, a working actor now. <laughs> I'm a best-selling author. Oh my God, I knew it. We just needed to apply a few things. Oh, now our dreams can... Our, wait, our dreams have come true. They have come true. Who would have thought that by just trying to make my job better, working as a cleaner at a department store here in Schenectady, that everything would be wonderful in the literary and, and the oldest soda jerk in Schenectady <laughs> would be able to quit that job and get, a, get, get an Oscar nomination That's, all in the space of one week. Are you sure it wasn't Oscar Mayer law? Oscar Mayer nomination. <laughs> I mean, let's face I got it. that after they bumped my stomach at the hospital. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> found. There's, there's another hot dog, and another one, and another. Doesn't he chew? Nobody quite does Oscar Mayer like you do. <laughs> I mean, well, they're cheap, cheap protein. That's a- <laughs> so, oh, for we, right. we, seriously, we, yes, yeah, seriously. So, um. We applied these things, and mm-hmm. um, it wasn't life-changing, but it got me through a couple of uh, rough, busy nights at work, right. and I wasn't yep. so miserable. I agree. Well, I did the same thing. I remember I talked about communicating well uh, th- that I was going to um, for those. Oh, that's right. They, these nasty kids were teasing you, and you said yeah. you were not going to engage. Exactly. They the, you know, the, I work. I'm 60, and I work with these kids who are in their 20s, and they and I, you know, took to, you know, criticizing them at first, and of course, then they have just tormented me every single night since then, and I always took the bait, and so I, after we did this article, I thought, well, I'm just. I'm just going to communicate with silence, and you know they started on me these last, you know, this last week. They started on me. They were making fun of me. They called me all kinds of horrible names, and I just didn't. 
uh, respond. And by the end of, well, I would say last night, I actually realized they were getting bored with me. He's like, you know, this he's an easy target, but he's a boring one. So I think communicating <laughs> has actually paid off for me in my survival job that I hate. Well, in the breaks, whenever we get him, if we're not that busy, you know, the young teenagers kind of gather in a corner and they talk about their lives. Mm -hmm. And my thing, I was going to try to try to capture some of their youthful enthusiasm. So I kind of, rather than just going, sitting in the break room and crying, I decided I'd kind of hang out with them. And oh, good. So <laughs> there they are talking. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> like the creepy old fat. Anyway, I'm not going to be. I'm no, not self-deprecating. They're talking and I'm feeling out of place, but I'm trying to like groove with it. And I say, hey, guys, you, you know, all your smartphones, right? I remember when when calculators were new. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought you were the coolest. <laughs> I used to stay up at night um, late, and I would put the covers over my head, and I'd play with my calculator. <laughs> and I heard one of them say, Betcha that's not all we played. And I <laughs> So oh, after wow. that, I tried to communicate with silence as well. So... I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 rather than trying to engage with them, which is basically creepy, yeah, I decided just to kind of eavesdrop as I was working and just try to catch some of their enthusiasm. And honestly, it was hard. Yeah, it kind of it, it kind of made me feel my situation worse. So I went back to the other goal, which is to get up, get the hell out of yeah, there and find yeah. a more appropriate job yep. than sixty year old soda jerk hamburger <laughs> flipper. Hey kids, want to see my calculator? <laughs> they must have thought you were the grooviest daddy o. <laughs> looked at me like he's trying to talk to us. And they put on their like I'm talking to an adult, you know, face. So they all stiffened up, and it was just awkward. <clears throat> yeah, wow. So I haven't found a new job, <laughs> know where to start looking, but that really reinforced that I have to. Yeah, and I I did the same thing. I just uh, have been cruising the the net looking for uh, other jobs, and I've been trying to update my resume it's kind of very hard to you know like with a resume and the cover letter and stuff like that when you clean a department store for a living you know i mean it just doesn't seem like there's much to say but i guess i have to pimp myself by saying i'm responsible and on time and blah 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 sir your resume says you've had 40 jobs in the last six months <laughs> well they were all idiots <laughs> Well, does that prove that I'm always where I need to work, sir? Yes, that's. You'd be lucky to have me <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> Is that food on your shirt, sir? Well, you, you, <laughs> shut up! Don't you know who I am? I'm the Oscar Mayer winner. I was on Golden Girls twice. Well, actually, that's true. My brother was on Golden Girls, but it doesn't help me now. Well, I know, but. Someday I'll tell you about stepping on B. Arthur's naked feet. <laughs> oh my God, they must have been—they like, must have been like canoes, right? Size fourteen feet. She flopped around the set all day. You should have seen that bottoms. Her soles were so filthy. 
Anyway, we'll talk about that another day. All right. So, so moving on. <laughs> moving on. So uh, that was last week. Mm-hmm. So having to work terrible jobs <laughs> doesn't mm-hmm. mean we give up. We've given up totally on our artistic goals altogether. No, right? We have to... What's that? What? Oh, no, I, I said you're... right. Oh, right. Okay. So we have. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? My brother. Oh, I forgot. We forgot to mention my poor brother starting the early stages of dementia. Oh, come on. Lie. He hears just... voices. No, I hear voices because I live on the top floor of this building of this apartment, this apartment building we live in. And, uh, you know, by the time I get to the, the very top, I'm, you know, I'm hearing things. <laughs> A little dizzy. <laughs> Lack of oxygen climbing yeah. the stairs. It's probably the ghost of family past, right? Yeah. So anyways, we have come to grips with never again making a living at what we love to do, which is acting and writing. Right, but that doesn't mean that I'm not an actor anymore. Or that I'm not a writer anymore. We just don't want to, you know, we realize we cannot make a living, and yeah. I'm not going to torture myself anymore feeling bad about that. So I found this article from <laughs> Psychology Today. <laughs> So I was flipping through it on my throne. <laughs> it, was a, it was a library it's look, database. It's, from, you know? it's from 1977. I found it underneath the house. No. <laughs> it's, it's, this article is about knowing when to let go of your dreams and to face reality. It's aptly titled, Is It Time to Give Up on Your Dreams? And this sentence sums up the article aptly. When done strategically, abandoning the pursuit of a goal Maybe much a uh, much healthier approach than perverse perseverance. Right, that's S- interesting. Perverse perseverance. P- Penny Pingleton. That's, that's perverse perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> Penny, when are you gonna learn? You are permanently and pom- positively punished you for perverse perseverance. All right, enough. But let's be serious. We're trying to help people, right? Yes, we are. All right, and we've both been through this, right? We are going through that currently, yes. <laughs> yeah, a little late, but we're going through it. So determine if your goal is unattainable. This step is the hardest. So, so yeah, we both, well, I, I was struck by the perverse perseverance because yeah, yeah. I was obsessed in Los Angeles about finding my next job. Right. And I was also obsessed with feeling uh, helpless and like I was a failure because I couldn't get that next job. Right. No matter what I did, I think I maybe had in a good year maybe five jobs a year. Right. And in between were crappy jobs like I have now. But I couldn't let it go. And at some point, I mean, I, I had to come to the, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. You're never going to do it at this age. Um, more than, you know, a line here and there. And that's it. And that was so hard to accept. Yeah. It was so hard to put down the perverse perseverance. And I but felt there was I, a lot of freedom. There was a lot of freedom when I finally said, no, let it go. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you a lot. I, you know, when I realized that I was never going to be a best selling author, you know, after my agent dumped me and after my publishing company <laughs> dumped me, and actually the royalty stopped trickling in, and I, you know, just couldn't get any new representation and you you know that's i realized that ship had sailed um i there was there was something you're right there's something almost like cathartic about saying okay 
this is not going to happen. I'm not. I'm still a writer, but I'm just not going to be Stephen King. It's not going to happen. And but what do you say to the people who say in the the common saying of never give up on your dreams, just fight harder, don't give up at the darkest dawn that's just before the sunrise? What do you say to them? I well, mean, I think we, that's the next thing. That it the, out till that's what the article says next. Identify an alternative goal, right? So it doesn't have to be that you're killing your dream altogether. But how how did you de- finally determine that your goal was unattainable? How did I determine it was unattainable? Because I was living in New York City <laughs> with five other people in an apartment that I had to walk up like I do here, only I didn't have the place to myself, and I had never had any You know how cheap it is to live in New York City? And I never had any money, and I realized at some point it just it occurred to me, although it should have probably years before that, that uh, I was uh, it was over here. And I had to yeah. come back to Schenectady, where I've been living in a lap of luxury. <laughs> Same year, my agent went bankrupt. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> my agent went bankrupt. I think I had he had maybe maybe a thousand dollars or something left to pay me, but he went bankrupt and mm. left town, and and I couldn't get the money back from him. And I thought, am I going to start all over with a new agent? And he was like, why? Why this? It's time to wake up, sir. Yep. And then I came home to Grandma too. <laughs> it's amazing. She was like a magnet, a magnet from hell. <laughs> so anyway. So identify an alternative goal. Well, that's what we're trying to do now. That's this, what we're trying right? to do now. Yep. <clears throat> and I guess what we've identified is we have to have survival jobs. So the goal is to get survival jobs that are not horrible Mm -hmm. so that we can continue to do what we love on the side. Yeah. So, I mean, I realize that my alternative goal is just I'm a writer. I'm going to write. And I feel great. I have to admit, La, the rare times when I actually come out of myself and feel like I'm in a different place and I feel amazing is when I'm writing. Even if I pretty sure it's not going to go anywhere it's not going to get published it's not going to you know make me any money um the alternative goal has got to be product for me you know and not oh there's no point in doing this if nobody's going to read it oh there's no point in doing this not going to get published no point in doing it if i'm not going to get any money on it right so what about you uh <clears throat> well yeah i mean i had the same thing i guess it, it just my brother-in-law wrote me a wonderful monologue that i glanced at we'll talk about that in a second but um i've been pretty wiped out from my job this week so um i haven't thought much about what i really want to do with acting but um i'll just ditto what you said for right now did i fail and I think that there's i mean you still have your sag card right i mean you could do yes i'm never going to get rid of that sag card ever I mean, you can still do local performances if, if you know. If anything comes through town, a lot of things come through town. Yeah, I, I will, I, and I'll look forward Cirque to Cirque du Soleil. Like <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they don't use they don't use elephants anymore, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but look, I can stand on my head. <laughs> Watch me fall down these stairs. <laughs> Watch me eat an entire bucket of peanuts. <laughs> um, the last, <clears throat> the other one was avoid this mental trap. Rumination. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. Yeah. 
No kidding. And that's why we play that game. I don't think we're going to play it this week, are we? The, the Is it our fault or theirs? No. Nope. But uh, to, to we will play that again in the future. Just the things you ruminate over, we want to stop. Yeah. And we just want to once and for all bring them out into the open, discuss them with somebody else, and let them go. So avoid the mental trap. I, ha- I, I, I have, when I found myself this week kind of going over things like B. Arthur's hairy naked feet, <laughs> I let it go. And it helps. Uh, yeah. Well, I similarly, I mean, I have had a number of run-ins with various uh, literary figures in New York City um, that were all negative, of course, and I they sometimes keep me up at night. But I think the general failure to have made a living at this is a rumination that I, I just have. To, I think any it's probably one of the theories of how to deal with loss of any kind, right, Law? You just, if you entertain it, if you give it um, airtime in your head, you're going to keep suffering, and if you don't, yeah. you don't. It, you don't it, suffer. It starts. And we to, don't, who wants to suffer? Jesus, things are bad enough, right? So, anyway, anyway, you have to remind them about the time you were driving. Not today, but we'll we'll talk about the time you were driving that famous author, and you ran out of gas, and you made him walk the rest of the way. I didn't make him walk, but we will get to that law. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to walk because anyway. I had a cramp in my foot. <laughs> There's a difference. Last week, we also committed to doing something creative, despite the fact that we're never going to make it big. So last week, you committed to writing something for me. That's right, I did. I I wrote you a monologue that you can use uh, as an exercise or even at an audition law. Good, and I need something different at auditions. So, (laughs) I mean, like, how many times can I do the seagull? She loves me, she loves me not, she loves me, she loves me. Take my mama, please. (laughs) Exactly. And no Shakespeare either. I mean, why recite oh, yeah. from Hamlet when you're auditioning for Urinetown? And you live in Urinetown. <laughs> <laughs> so you sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't have it memorized, but I have practiced it. All right. And this is called If I Had Six Months to Live by my brother, La. Thank you, La. Hit All it. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm nervous. It's not funny, La. <laughs> Should no what should I do a southern accent? If no, I had six no. months. To- <laughs> <laughs> no right. generic southern accents, law. <laughs> and try not to do it in the upstate New York accent either. Oh I want to go to the gym I'm not a member of. It's gonna be painful. All right. <clears throat> if I had six months to live, I would go to a gym I'm not a member of, for I'm not a member of any gym. I'd walk in with the confidence of a personal trainer then pretend to be a personal trainer. I would stand behind the desk, even if other employees are there, and start folding towels, answering the phone, giving out locker keys, scanning membership cards. Oh, come on, Lyle. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it sounds like you're just about to blow out the cake. <laughs> candles on a cake. <laughs> giving out locker keys, scanning membership cards. <laughs> just Shut up, just read the go. goddamn thing, will you? <clears throat> Well, I have to act too, right? No, you don't have to act. That's your problem. Okay. <laughs> Start right. acting. I would now I'm getting a, a, a complex. All right. I would approach the handsomest man I could find using a weight machine. <laughs> it would have helped if you had read this beforehand. Huh? I looked at it. A couple <laughs> oh, did times. you look at it? You looked at the I looked how long it. it was. Now <laughs> All right. 
I'd, I'd approach a man, a handsomest man I could find using a weight machine, and I'd make sure he saw me shaking my head in disapproval. I would gently but firmly explain how he was not going to get the results he wanted, how he was not going to lose the weight or develop muscular musculature musculature properly with the form he had despite my wheezing i would begin as many sentences as i could with the way i got into shape is all right you're doing okay now go on all right now i'd instruct him that he was working the wrong muscle groups and use my own body as an example of how to work the right ones and look how developed my trombonious wallops is (laughs) I'd say as I displayed my triceps, the skin on both arms hanging like a dead jellyfish. (laughs) I'd pull up my shirt to show off what I call my six-pack, running my finger down my considerable stomach, explaining that a washboard like that takes thousands of crunches a day. I'd tell him wearing my sausage skin tight sweats that I was once a bit heavy myself. And that I lost those extra pounds by eating a low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, flavorless vegetables and coconut water. I'd say that I'd maintain this natural lean look for years. I'd tell him that, in fact, I was actually a bit underweight now, according to any insurance chart worth consulting. La, la. It's, I was actually a bit underweight now. Do you know, Isn't if you had read this beforehand, you would actually know <laughs> where to accent the words. Okay. I was actually a bit underweight now <laughs> i'm gonna kill you according to any insurance chart worth consulting if he smirked at any point showed disbelief or suspicion i'd make a withering remark about commitment then fix a deadly stare on him daring him to question me finally i would pat him encouragingly on the shoulder and suggest he visit the gym six to twelve times a week for maximum results then i'd bid him good luck and walk back to the desk <laughs> Picking up a spray bottle and rag and wiping down machines as real employees do. <laughs> well, uh, you got the part. <laughs> Thank you. It wasn't that terrible. I'm out of practice. Well, I, what is it with the romper room voice? What is a romper room voice? I would pat him encouragingly on the shoulder and suggest he visit the gym. Six. Ooh, I see Billy and I see Donnie. You wrote it. Wait a minute. So how should I? Finally. Just read it. Finally, I'd pat him encouragingly on the shoulder and suggest he visit the gym six to 12 times a week for maximum results. Then I would bid him good luck and walk back to the desk, picking up a spray bottle and rag and wiping down machines as real employees do. Exactly. See, it's it's supposed to be ironic. You know, he's like, you're a big fat guy that's gone into the gym and you find this hot guy working out and you um, pretend that you're the one who's in shape. So you don't have to do any of the, you know, vocal embellishments, just deadpan it i think we should do this all the time and you should be my coach <laughs> there would be a murder suicide don't you think no i really i need help obviously this is really oh my god what if you finally make me a good actor and it's too late <laughs> well uh, you know i would do anything for you but don't butcher my work <laughs> all right well thank you La, for well anyway doing that for me i'm sorry La, it's another it. week and another podcast recorded do we have any listener emails? Did anybody write to us? <laughs> Please listen. We want to hear from you. It's it's um, half alive podcast at gmail dot com. Please let us know you you heard us, uh-huh. and we we answer all sorts of questions. Did we get we, anything this week? 
We did indeed. We got a li- not only do we have thirteen downloads lost, thirteen oh listeners. My, thirteen. I'm not kidding. That's thirteen, 13 more we're people. Famous. Th- yes, that's more thirteen more people than I've socialized with in the last thirteen years. Listen, I need a sponsor right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sending it to you as we speak. Do you want to read it? Oh God, no. Yes. <laughs> Let me read it. Let me read it. Read it. Read it. Read it straight. All right. Here it is. Wait. Dear Law and Law. Yes, Meryl. (laughs) (laughs) Those those poignant pauses between her words. I listened to your first podcast episode last week, and it made me very sad. Oh, you two have had awful. Awful lives. Why is that funny? The bad luck, the cruelty, the failure. I could barely function for the black hole of despair you sent me into. Oh, this is just what we want to do. I don't know how you survived your childhood or how you even continue. Did you write this? I did not. Okay. I did not know how you survived your childhood or how you even continue to carry on now when things are no better. I began to wonder, are there any happy memories at all that you two share? Is that even possible? Sincerely, Esther Housie, Manny Corners, New York. Oh, Esther. Manny Corners. Where the hell is it? Anyway. Well, Lyle, well, I think yeah. I know my happiest memory. I wonder if it's the same as yours. I have no happy memories. It's the end of the line. Don't. All right. <laughs> Together? About our childhood? Happy, mem- happy memory? Do you remember well, the time? Hold on. Let me insult. I've got a book here with the, the book of happy memories. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> a, a post-it note? Um, something about, well, I do remember one thing. I, I, well, should we, I don't know if it's the same memory that you have. Should we say it at the same time? No, one, just two, tell three? me, for God's sake. I want to play a game. <laughs> I'm all warmed up now. Wait, where's my Shakespeare? I, I want to do more. All right. Um, I remember one one happy time. <laughs> with, it has to do with fireworks. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, one time. Every year we'd want to go to the 4th of July fireworks and every year our father would get drunk and would disappear and the family was all ready and, you know, we never went. We never went. So this year the family was all ready but our parents got in this huge fight. Mm -hmm. So La and I, we thought that's not going to happen. So I went off and I hid. I didn't know that La went off and hid too. I did indeed. And he actually took everybody to the fireworks. And you think that would be terrible that we missed the fireworks. Or you think that they'd know that we weren't in the car? <laughs> no. I remember hearing the car going away and just hearing, the oh, screaming yeah. from everybody oh fighting. Yeah, it, was, it was a happy marriage, let's just say. So our grandmother, though, made this huge spread of food that mm-hmm. was in the kitchen waiting for everybody to come back. So right. when I thought that nobody was around... I snuck into the kitchen and I started to go at it because we never, with all the kids and stuff, you had to fight to get you, get anything. Yeah. Although we, we usually got whatever we want. But anyway, and I was eating away, eating away, and I hear something behind me and I thought they came home and I was going to be dead and I turned and it's my brother La. It was me. And we had, La, we had the best binge of our lives. I mean, we just... <laughs> 
<laughs> sausage. It was cooked. I mean, but I remember. I don't know if people out there understand Italian meatballs, but you fry them almost until they're done, and then the you know they cook the rest away in the sauce. But these were the just fried ones, so the center was still pink, and we ate. Well, must have eaten thirty, eaten thirty About of them, a right? Thousand Italian lollipops. That's what mm. that we both learned to eat by um, our grandmother would stick a meatball on a fork and call it an Italian lollipop, and yep. that was our first our food. So here we were, like what, seven or eight? Oh, who knows? <laughs> the whole family's food. We got the hell that you know what beat out of us when we got home when yeah. they got home. But we had a blast. We had the house to ourselves. It was like I, that was just—I'll never forget that. That was a wonderful yeah. time. I, you know, people say, you know, oh, it's not worth the beating. But I can honestly say, because the only one who ever hit us was Grandma, right? Nobody else ever hit us. They screamed at us, but you know, our father was so drunk he would, you know, often start he would try to us. hit us. We well, make he, him, yeah, yeah, and we trip him, and, and he just—I can't hit two girls anyway. It's <laughs> yeah. true. He loved us, um, but it was worth every slap that she gave us because that was it was just happiness law yeah so so esther esther we do so there esther housey manny corners new york we have a happy memory i'm gonna cry i know and law you know if we had any money we could reproduce that moment <laughs> if either of us not a cook we could reproduce that moment anytime we wanted now I have to do it with like the bag of frozen meatballs that yep. you get, you know, for six ninety five. You get eleven pounds of unknown meat that you. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> no, she story. she you know she was a terrible person, but she was a wonderful cook, and there's yeah, we have to give her that. Anyways. Anyway, so I guess is, uh, that's the end of this week's podcast. We it haven't is. put out any 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 goals for next week. I guess we'll stick with the the goals there of just trying to find new jobs and survive the one we, ones we have, yeah. and see if we come up with anything cre- creatively. If it, anything that comes up that we want to uh, discuss, if you go out for an audition, if I complete anything else, you actually memorize something that I wrote for you. <laughs> just like saying, la. <laughs> And write to us if there's anything you want us yes. to cover. Or, because seriously, the point of this is to just get over being miserable and slide into old age with some uh, dignity. <laughs> yeah, so give them the uh, uh, email again. Halfalivepodcast at gmail.com. That's halfalivepodcast at gmail.com. Yay. Well, we'll see it. We'll see you next uh, podcast, uh, friends. And. <laughs> I'm just, I have indigestion just from thinking about that binge we had a lot. It was wonderful. I wish we could recreate it. Uh, anyway, loves you, La. Loves you, brother. Bye.